0: From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud.
1: Welcome to View from the Cheap Seats. We're the Sklar Brothers. This is a show where we talk about sports of the week. Uh, We get into it today with uh, one of the best minds out there on the NFL, Peter Schrager. Yeah, he's on a show called Good Morning Football. This, by the way, is uh, Ashes to Ashes, which is an old Bowie song done by uh, the band Warpaint. Love it. She loves Warpaint. Warpaint. Anyway, uh, Peter Schrager, P. Schrags as we like to call him, old friend, wrote Out of college, wrote for Cheap Seats, our old show. And then he ascended through the ranks and now is a part of a regular show, a morning, daily morning show on the NFL Network. With our other buddy, Kyle Brand, and our other buddy, Nate Burleson. So look at that. We'll talk to him. Burleson. And later on the show, we will uh, get some words from Ozzy Guillen as baseball starts back up. But first, at the top of the show, I want to talk about the combine as it wraps up, the NFL combine, which, look, I understand uh, there's an NFL network. We understand that they have to make— Whatever they can out of off season moments and expand those into the biggest things possible. I happen to love Rich Eisen. I love him running the 40 yard dash for charity. I love all that stuff. However, I have an issue with the combine, Randy Sklar. I have an issue with the combine too. And my I think issue. Have, let me let me give you, you my tell issue. Tell me yours. My issue is I think it's reminiscent to me of the LSATs as a test determining what kind of lawyer you're going to be. That's a great. That is a really good analogy. analogy. That's the kind of analogy you would find on the LSATs. What, I, what I'm saying is that how well you do on the LSATs doesn't mean squat as to what kind of lawyer you're going to be. Well, why? Because how you do in law school is really doesn't mean squat as to how great of a lawyer you're going to be. Yes, it's important to know the law, but in the room, charisma is what wins you cases, being creative, being smart, being able to being resourceful. find the moments, being resourceful. Those are the being things. able to connect with a jury. I don't really think you can grade that in law. Certainly can't tell that in on an LSAT, but you can't grade that in law. So what happens is these guys who have built up a Years of proof and experience within their college careers are now stepping into the combine and being judged all over again. So Lamar Jackson can't hit a couple throws under pressure without pads on with no one coming at him. And he can't hit these basic throws. And everyone says, well, he's not a quarterback. He should be a wide receiver. Everyone says, this guy's got a cannon of an army. He's hitting all the throws. We're judging people. This guy can jump 40, a vertical leap, 40 inches. So you're, you're making a snap judgment. In a, To me, it feels like going in and auditioning for something. Like when we audition, if you have to go in and audition for like a movie, a, a movie role or a, a, it's literally you're in an environment that it doesn't replicate what it's like to be on a set. You are a little bit under pressure, a little bit nervous. Now, by the way, you should always be able to deliver under pressure. But a game is a different scenario. You get a different type of pressure. And and, and there's a different type of metal. To me, like if the combine should probably be scrimmages. And you see how guys do against each other, the best of the best, all-star teams. I don't know. I think or judge people on what they've done in their college careers. People are questioning Baker Mayfield. Don't question him. Look what he's done the last two years. Yeah, look at his stats and look at look at how his I mean to me I would take into consideration. Now, I would take into consideration what his teammate I would interview all his teammates and get what they thought, thought about him and his coaches, sort of how is this kid who 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 is the person? Like how do the players respond to him for real? Uh well, I'd interview all the players and say who who do you fear the most? All the defensive players. Look at these ten quarterbacks. Who do you fear the most? Who's the guy who you faced who you're like, this guy is the best? You talk to other players and you understand what they're starting to fear, and then you got the guy. And so I just think that too much stock is being put on the combine. I'm not Otherwise, saying don't do it. Yeah, i not saying don't do it, and we're not saying don't cover it. We're saying do all that, but if you're a team, because teams can make mistakes. Think about the Browns left, let Carson Wentz go. 2 years ago. Yeah, they, let they him traded go. down to get him and, and to go away from him. Yeah, they got because they're like this guy's never going to be anything. Could the same thing happen this year for Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen? If the if the Browns are number 1 and number 4, if they don't take Josh Allen, are they going to be like If well, we I'm the Browns, how they how they won't take and we'll talk to Peter Schrager about this later today. How you don't take Saquon Barkley first? Ignore the he did the combine, but I'm like This guy, look at what he did in games that mattered, in the heat of the battle, in the Big Ten. These are all players who are going to make it into the league. Is, does it translate automatically? No. Is it an inexact science? Yes. But let's look at their body of work as opposed if, to one weekend, one day. You don't know if the kid's nervous or whatever, or woke up sick or didn't feel well. I mean, everyone's he, mad at Sam Darnold for not throwing at the combine. They're saying, "Well, he just gave up his opportunity." Why? Look at what he did for USC. Look at what he did on the field. Look at the creative moments that he had on the field. He Judge him be the on best. That. He may be the best. You know who the combine really hurts now? The sort of the amped up, pumped up on steroids combine hurts the most. Who? Our teams like the Browns, teams that are like need to draft well. These are the teams that get really killed by this because if they don't, every single thing that they do is scrutinized. And if a player that they pass over winds up being a star, all their fan base, because it's, now it's out there. Every decision that the Browns and we all see how guys we did the combine. We all see how guys did the combine. Everyone becomes an armchair GM. Everyone has a chance to say something. And So, say, it, to me, it hurt, really hurts those teams. The Browns who have won one game in the last two years. They now, they're essentially, the, the pressure's on them, I feel like, more than anybody else, to pick the right person. You The Browns, the right three people. You got three people in the first 33 picks. That's right. And they have to make the right picks. I think they go Saquon Barkley first, but that's just me. Because you look at Todd Gurley and you look at Ezekiel Elliott, you look at the other. And at brothers. four, you got another choice of what, any number of three or four great Josh, Josh Rosen. Could be Baker Mayfield. could And Sam Darnold could still be on the board. You don't know that. Josh Rosen to the Giants at number two. That's very intriguing as well. Yeah. As a Jew to go to New New York. York, He would have his own deli sandwich everywhere. Everywhere. The Rosen one. And what is it? Hot dog. I love it. It's a hot dog with sauerkraut and other stuff on it. It's a hot dog. It's a a very privileged and expensive hot dog that came, that served, that that is served to you on like a golden pillow. Uh, I can't wait to dig into this football stuff with a great football mind, Peter Schrager. Yeah. Little, 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 tiny little thing at the top. And then later on the show, as again, this is uh, Way With Words from our old friends, uh, the Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah. Love this band. We'll be back more of you from the cheap seats. And Pete Schrager right after this.
2: I laugh, but I don't see a smile. I with words for a
0: while. Hey, everybody. It's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last, by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, slutty vegan we'll also chat with anifa Mwemba, the cutting edge designer behind the hanifa 3d digital fashion show plus we'll check in with isa ray our modern day renaissance woman we hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black-owned businesses in your own communities tune in for these amazing stories and others on spotify apple youtube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts
3: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Our guest is, uh, you know, it's been an interesting trajectory for this guy because we've known him from when he was, like, just a pup. And now he's a big TV star on the morning football show on the NFL Which Network. Which is called Good Morning Football. It's called the Morning Football Program. Nope, it's called AM Football. It's called Wake Up Football. and no, it's Good Morning Football. And He uh, is Peter Schrager, and he's our he's guest. He's one of four hosts, and we love all, we, we know three of them really well. I don't know the woman who's on the show, but uh, I know three of you guys really well. Peter Schrager, welcome to the
4: show. Guys, thank you for having me on. I'm flattered. I'm honored. And yes, we you sort of alluded to it. You know, since I was a young pup, we can go through the, the, the Let's memories. Let's go through it. Let's do it. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, you were a fan of uh, Cheap Seats and asked if you could submit jokes, submit jokes to the thing. And the jokes that you submitted were great. And we used them. You wrote on Cheap Seats. But as a
4: young person, right? I was right out of college. I was huge fans of your guys going all the way back to your MTV days. Mm-hmm. And Cheap Seats was like my mystery science theater or the generation before me, whatever their show I used to watch it at all hours. So I somehow got an email to someone at ESPN, and mm-hmm. I said – I would do. I mean, I think I wrote them for free. I don't even remember if I got paid. I don't care. It was the best. We still owe and, you. I'm going to tell you
1: something. We, we barely got paid yeah, for doing so, that show, and oh, we were hosting it.
4: You guys, I'll never forget. And anyone who asks me, like, how would you get your big break? It's not about what I wrote or what I did. I said, the Sklar Brothers let me write jokes for them on my favorite show on television when I was 23 years old. It was the greatest thing in the world. And then I got to meet you guys, and you were cool as hell, and we've got a great relationship. I love it.
1: I mean, so here's what I want to talk about because I think this is amazing because – through the course of getting to know you and and really liking you and just – it's so funny because we've had other friendships that have developed this way. And people that we're very close with, one currently, uh, our buddy Scott Rogowski, a.k.a. Rags, the host of HQ Trivia. He's literally a someone who knew us and knew us from the thing and then we got to know him and over time and became a collaborator and someone that we – oftentimes give advice to and, and it, you know, it just, we've become friends in this way, in the same way that we became friends with you. And there was a moment when I know that Jim Rome was looking for someone to produce the show, help produce the show for him, I E help him craft some takes You know, really sort of break stuff down in a way that was give him the info and let him run. And we said, okay, we know someone who would be perfect for it, but we've got to sort of talk to him about it. And you were the person we were thinking of. We're like, dude, this is a serious job. It would it's a lot of work and you would be kind of behind the scenes. But you would eventually, as part of anything, start to like emerge on the show as being someone that the sports community would get to know and love. And your response to us was, I don't know if I want to go there. I don't know if I want to be behind the scenes. I want to be in front of the camera. And we were like, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that, I mean, we sort of like, it's a long road. You know what you're up against, you know, how difficult that is. But if that's what you want to do, we totally understand. To be fair, you did say porn, and, and we yeah. know you have a big, a big member. So we, we, yes. that's why we backed off no i didn't want to i wanted to move to the valley
4: i didn't want to go Oh yeah sorry sorry you
1: didn't want to go down to yeah orange county right but so the but the point is that like you said i'm going to choose this path and then i don't know how you have to tell us but how you started to do sideline reports you actually started writing for the nfl or writing for Fox. fox give us the trajectory
4: first of all there's two crazy things about that first of all scott you want to talk about weird small worlds. There was a short show called Crowd Goes Wild that was hosted by Regis mm-hmm. on Fox Sports One. Michael and Costa. Yes, Michael Costa was Our one of the panelists. Yeah. Scott was a segment producer. Every time I came on as a guest, Scott was my segment producer. So oh my I'm God. seeing him with I'm seeing him with HQ trivia, like literally blowing up in he's front of my face on Twitter. Up. And I have every friend where this guy used to call me up and be like, all right, we're going to go in and we're going to talk about the Giants kicker situation. What I do know. you got?
1: So and he's so funny. He's so talented. And you knew even back then that he was a talented and funny, smart guy.
4: Absolutely. The other small part is I did not pursue that Jim Rome opportunity. And I always kicked myself forward. I thought maybe that was the path. The guy who did. I know. So the being... guy who
1: got this is my point. The guy. So we. So you were like, I'm going to choose this path, and it led you ultimately to Good Morning Football, where you are the host of the show. The other, per, the person who got the job, who then found his trajectory to eventually be one of the hosts of Good Morning Football, is Kyle Brandt, who was the in the job that we wanted you for.
4: So you could unbelievable, made fo- unbelievable. It's such a small world, and Kyle's my best friend right now. We work together for three hours a day. We have the same exact. Uh, you know, cultural references, I and that's the job he did. KB loves you guys. So. I mean,
1: he's one of our favorite Pe- – and, and by the way, just so you know, we were kind of privy to some, you know, quiet conversations about – because I know they were working on – you know, at the NFL Network and some closed-door meetings, and he was one of the people we suggested be a part of it. And so I'm glad that they used him and, and the think fact – I we that- suggested Peter too, Maybe. I don't know. It's so
4: incredible because they originally all right, the long story short of it was I was behind the scenes for years for probably, you know, 10 11 years writing and I was doing great stuff that I was proud of like on the internet so and at good. the time. At the time people used to read internet articles. Like you'd be sent a <laughs> link, you'd click on it. No, you know, it was like it was a thing. So Uh, There was that and then I started writing for for a bunch of magazines and long story short, Fox launches Fox Sports 1. I got some opportunities there Mm -hmm. and uh, then they were looking for a new sideline reporter and like I did with with you guys, I just threw my hat in the ring. I said, you know, enough is enough. I want to do this. Just give me a shot and I eventually got the opportunity. You're
1: like a white Jewish Pam Oliver. I love it. I
4: really am. I'm a white. Excuse Jewish me, Pam a
1: whiter, Oliver. more Jewish Pam Oliver. No, uh, <laughs> yes. well, you. But you, by the way, like totally handle yourself with such a plum and professional. You were you're funny in the moment. Like when you post game trying to get an interview from like Jim Schwartz. <laughs> it's like. I was like, I can't believe this is Peter Schrager, who's like, you know, our buddy who is now doing on this so when you made that leap, I was like, wow, that is great. That's an amazing jump.
4: I appreciate it. And then I loved it. And uh, you know, it's funny with the post-game interviews, people yeah. are always like, What's the point of a sideline reporter? And it just so happens that like six of mine went viral this year. One of them was Jarvis Landry almost attacking me after a Dolphins game because apparently I doubted him, which is great. I love when that happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then another one was uh, Nick Foles uh, talking about, you know, like... We're going to win the Super Bowl. Don't, I don't worry know who about. It. Like, is.
1: I don't know who Nick Foles is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't exactly unaware. Yeah. Neither do the Eagles. Apparently, they're <laughs> going to trade him. I know. But anyway, go. So, so he, so he says he's going to win the Super Bowl. And no, uh,
4: but like basically, it was like you know, I full confidence, and then it became a big joke. Like, yeah, Nick Foles is the only guy in the world who believes they can win, and then they would constantly refer to it. And then here it is. But I would say this: those sideline reports and those post game interviews. Like, I'm going to make the most of it, right? So yeah. it is. I'm kind of like needling Jarvis Landry before the game. Then he went after me a little bit, which I great love it. That's what you, these guys are such characters, guys. Like, yeah. that's the problem. These post game interviews, a lot of times it's just, what was your emotional mindset? Or mm-hmm. where did you find the confidence? No, these yeah. guys are characters. They're great content. And if we can make them into, you know, actual memes or gifs or whatever it is, I'm going to do the best to do it. But long story short, I get that opportunity. Then NFL Network's looking to launch a show in New York. And I went all in on it. But originally it was like, we got Nate Burleson as the ex player. We've mm-hmm. got this. Wonderful female host Kay Adams. Yep. And they were trying to film, fill a third seat. And they said, It's either going to be you or another guy. I go, Who's the other guy? And they said, Kyle Brandt, who I've known since going on the Rome show myself for yep. 10 years. Yep. And I, you know, I'm cutthroat. I'm competitive, and this is the first time in my career I've ever done this. I said, oh, can can there be a chance that both of us do it? And if, if I don't do it, you guys made the right decision. Like, I love Kyle. It was basically one of those deals where I was like, is there any way you can hire both of us? Right, and they right. kind of laughed at me, and they did hire both of us, and we love it. It's a great
1: call because I love the chemistry. And yeah, I- and I feel like you guys bring First of all, we love Nate as well. I mean, we worked with him at NFL Network when we were doing NFL Now out here, and he was always great to us. I mean, he would always like punch me in the kidneys when he would see me in the hallway, like which I hard. was like, hard. Like he would hit. <laughs> I don't know if he does that to you, but it's just like a, a a whack into my kidneys, and I was like, "All right, man, we're gonna write some bits where we make fun of you. I hope you're all right with that." Uh, but playful in that way and was really good. So I just love, I actually really enjoy the show. I think you guys, I mean, KB from years of doing Daily Rome knows how to
0: formulate immediately a
1: formulate a take on, he is so good at that. And then I think your ability to take information and stuff that's out there, you know, information about, what's going on in the NFL and then turn that into something that is funny is great. And then Burleson gives obviously the player perspective and and Kay does a great job too, sort of wrangling it all.
4: Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys saying that. And the beautiful thing about it is, and this sounds so corny, but I'm sure you guys have worked on plenty of shows before where it's like, all right, rap and everyone kind of goes their own way. Like we'll random, we'll say, all right, do you want to, Get a cup of coffee. It's like 10.01 in the morning. Like, right. let's go do that. Or let's go to a spin class and be weird. Like, yeah. we'll do that stuff. So, I love that. Yeah. I like those guys. And I like uh, Kay. We all hang out, which is cool. But uh, you can you see. Know, that. I remember going on, going on cheap seats just to come in and write jokes. And guys, it was like Galifianakis would walk through. Um, I'm not kidding. Like, it was nuts for me that, like, Eugene Merman was hanging out. And we had Berbiglia. I like, know.
1: I know. It's like the. Nick,
4: as a twenty-three-year-old kid walking into that at whatever that hideous hotel was in New Yorker, the New Yorker. Yorker
1: Hotel on Thirty-fourth and Eighth. Yeah,
4: I mean that was that's the stuff I still hold on to, and now I mean I love it. It's amazing.
1: Well, I want to talk because you are here with us, and I mean, first of all, just, just again, so proud and happy for you because we feel like. We do have a connect. I feel like if this were True Blood, we are the guys who made you a vampire. You know yeah. what I mean. And so now you're just sucking the blood. Well, out the in industry. this in this industry, there is no there there is not a formal mentoring program, and so you know we try and as many times as we can if we see somebody who connects with us and that we want to invest in them and and whatnot, like. You're like if there is such a thing as a coaching tree within this crazy business that we have, we'd love to kind of think that you're part of our tree. If that's a thing, we're part of other people's trees. But that that is special to us. We see a victory for you as a victory for us too.
4: That's I mean, we could do this all day long because it's so true. Someone someone said to me, you know, is there like a sports media version of the Belichick coaching tree? I said, Well, I'm I'm not in the new house Syracuse one, I'm not in the Medill Northwestern one. I start at Cheap Seats. Cheap Seats with the Sklar Brothers. So if you want to start your own one, that's Let's where we start. Let's start on coaching tree. Yeah, I love well, it. That's what it is. I love it it's and beautiful.
1: there are no and we by the way for the record have not been recorded on the phone making a $100,000. No, uh, we don't go after five stars. We we take three we stars We take and three coach stars and develop them. That's them what up. we do. It's the beat line I mean, We can do
4: we could do Sean Miller jokes all day, guys. We guys,
1: record, we could do you Have he you seen has. have you seen the dribbling Sean Miller on the Tonight Show as a like a 14-year-old kid doing a dribbling exhibition for John Carson. I have. It's beautiful. Great piece of of course you have. Of course you've seen it. All right. Well, let's talk football. Let's right talk now football because, because the combine it- is hot. It is happening, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of teams out there. A lot of people are saying this is the best draft for quarterbacks in a very long time. There are a lot of teams, and then there's Saquon Barkley, who are saying we're going to change the way we are immediately, a la Jacksonville Jaguars with Leonard Fournette. Who do you see? Like, I don't want to go down your mock draft, but really, where do you see guys landing? Along the Do top. Do the Cleveland Browns take Saquon Barkley first? And if they don't, what the fuck are they doing?
4: Yeah. I think it all is going to start with free agency in a couple days. I think the Browns are going to get a veteran quarterback, as from what I'm hearing. It might be A.J. McCarron. Yeah. We used to play with. Uh, Why? He, used to play, Why? he used to play under Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati. And there's, there's a lot of people in the. League. It's odd. It's one of those deals where it's like. The media is doing that reaction, and then people are in the league are like, oh, no, McCarron's good. I'm like, all right, if if you guys all know it, then I guess he's good. So I mean, is he Case go,
1: Keenum good, or what are we talking about here?
4: Yeah, like Case Keenum good. I don't think Case Keenum good is, is light years ahead of A.J. McCarron good. Okay. It's, so maybe they go that route and then draft a quarterback and kind of have that bridge, but – Barkley to the Browns seems very rich. It seems a little too rich, but it's not crazy to think Barkley number two to the Giants. Uh, Giants just are making moves this week. They got Alec Ogletree. They've got Odell Beckham for at least another year. And the Rams were – You draft a quarterback. You're not starting them this year. The window is like oddly – Now and if Eli's Uh, thirty-seven, take the best player on the board and get some offense. It's fun.
1: Absolutely. And by the way, you want to. It's so funny because I don't know if you've noticed this in the last year, year or two or three. The the running back has been undervalued. I think sort of, or devalued over time. Like, look, they don't last that long. You know, you get a good quarterback and you keep them under contract, you can have them for 15 years. Running back, you have for seven years, maybe five years where production is good. And so they're kind of down. But look at the Rams. Look at Todd Gurley. Look at how much better. Leonard Fournette, I mentioned it. Like, he changed that team. There are game changers out there, and Barkley just seems like that dude to me.
4: There's also this weird stain of, like, the early running backs in the last 20 years where Kajana Carter didn't work out and yeah. Curtis Ennis and yeah. Blair Thomas. And here's the truth of it, though. You guys just mentioned Gurley and Fournette. Well, McCaffrey was awesome last year and Ezekiel Elliott two years ago was Zeke, awesome. Dude, Zeke's a game. Zeke changed that team. That's, that's why they weren't good this year, because they didn't have Zeke. I mean, that's as simple as that. Well, so when you put that together— Zeke,
1: Why they weren't good this year is because Zeke made some stupid-ass decisions. Yes. And yes. that's why. You know, he did it to the team. So let's put the blame where it is. But yes, because
4: he wasn't in, the team, Dak Prescott, had a terrible year. Terrible year. So you, you put that all together. And the teams are pretty spot-on with these running backs when they take them in the top 10 lately. I would say that's a safe bet. If you have— Saquon Barkley up that high, he can make that much of an immediate impact. So, why would the Browns
1: take him? Why wouldn't the Browns take him first? Because they
4: desperately need a quarterback. Like, yeah, I but feel like don't you think
1: the Browns at four, don't they have the fourth pick or the fifth pick?
4: They have the fourth pick. So who, and they have the 33rd pick and they have the 36th fine, pick. Fine,
1: but on the fourth pick, you don't think a quarterback is still going to be there? You don't think you can get this kid from Wyoming who had a killer you could. who people you could, are saying. What if,
4: what if your top guy, your guy that you're sad and you fell in love with, and you're like, this is a Because they have a new GM in John Dorsey who is like a swashbuckling, like amazing guy that Mm -hmm. is an old school – what if he comes in and says, I rank – let's just say Sam Darnold from USC number one. He's my number one guy, but I think I might be able to get Josh Allen at number four. And then you're going to have to go to sleep at night knowing that you guys have been stockpiling all these picks for years. And the face of your franchise, I don't care how good Barkley is, it's going to be a quarterback. And you got the second best guy, the guy that you are. So you, if you really like one of these quarterbacks, you take him number one overall. Well, let me, the,
1: all right, well, let me pose this to you because, all right, let's talk about one, two quarterbacks. All right. So, I love this spot. So this co- is fantastic. So a couple of years ago, two years ago, one, two was Jared Goff. And uh, Carson Wentz, do you really yep. think the Rams are saying to themselves, ah, we should have gotten Carson Wentz? No, they're saying we got Jared Goff, who is our guy, and thanks to tremendous work on his mechanics, have turned him into a quarterback that can lead this team and will only get better. He, now, is he the creator that Carson Wentz is in, in a moment, in a pinch when you need him? But the, creating, the creativity of Carson Wentz,
4: I would argue, got him injured. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back. But I think both those teams, the Rams and the Eagles, traded up aggressively, gave up future draft picks because they're like, that's our guy. The Browns are in a situation where they've been trading back for the last three years. They, they traded back out of the Carson Wentz spot. That could have been theirs mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. They traded back out of Mahomes and out of Watson last year. I feel yeah. like finally at some point when you stockpile all these picks, all the moneyball crap – at some point, you take the best quarterback on the board, and this happens to be a very rich quarterback year. Take the best one. Be the team that does it.
1: But is Sam Darnold head and shoulders above Josh Allen? That I would ask That's you a that question. Josh do or Josh, Rose or Josh and, Rosen for that
4: matter? And I might like Mayfield more than all of them. Do really? Why? Why? I might might, like
1: why do you, you like Mayfield more than all of them. Why? And again, you are someone who is studying. Were, were the you game? at the combine? By the way, you were at the combine. Of course, I yeah. was at the combine. So five did, days. Five days of combine. So tell me what. Baker Mayfield. You are in there. You're in it. You're amongst it. What does Baker Mayfield have? Does he look that much smaller? Does he look like he has the mechanics? Does he look like he can be the guy?
4: All right. More than anything at the Combine, this is the hidden story of the Combine. It's not about what the players are doing in the drills. They meet with every team, and then I sit with the GMs. I have dinner and lunch with every one of these evaluators, so Mm -hmm. I get kind of a feel for around the league more than my own gut opinion. A lot of these mock drafts are like, here's what I would do. No one cares what I would do. It's what are they going to do? And I feel like Baker Mayfield is more highly valued amongst nfl executives than the media is portraying and this might all pick up a lot of steam in the next few weeks because all of these guys are like well he's a top 10 pick i'm like top 10 pick yeah he's a top 10 pick why because he had the greatest statistical seasons ever for a college quarterback two years in a row he won the heisman and his attitude is it might turn some teams off this kid thinks he is the man and will turn around any franchise day one all the other guys are robotic. You bring them in. They have the same conversations. They're going to their message points. Mayfield's basically like, I was a walk-on at Texas Tech and was starting as a freshman, left, and then won the Heisman at Oklahoma, and I can do anything at the next level. That Mm -hmm. kind of confidence, it has stung a lot of people in the past, and it rubs people the wrong way. But boy, it, it is so charismatic, and he is so fun to be around, and he is also really, really good footwork. So, all this run-pass option stuff that everyone kind of rolls their eyes at in the college game, that's where the NFL's going. We saw it with the Eagles. Mayfield's game is a lot closer to where the NFL's going to be in 2020 than what people think it is in 2015 or 2010. Like, he actually plays the game like quarterbacks are being taught to play at the next level now.
1: He feels like he could be a Russell Wilson type Yes. Guy. Yes, and wouldn't that Escaping, a... yeah.
4: Russell Wilson with, like a ton, like, I don't want to say cooler, but, like, a ton of a lot more swagger mm-hmm. and just – locker room leader and if there was ever a veteran who questioned him like he'd be able to deal with it like one of those type deals there people raved about him at the senior bowl and i wasn't at the senior bowl which is like this little thing they do at mobile alabama right the combine though i was like blown away with just how much positive chatter there was about mayfield and there's an interesting team would he go one maybe not but the Broncos at five with John Elway makes a lot Dude, of sense.
1: How <laughs> unbelievable if Elway, because think about Elway. I've been hearing, hearing Elway loving Josh Rosen as a possibility too. another <laughs> possibility too. But Elway as the quarterback who obviously had one of the shotgun cannon arms, but he moved around a lot too. He made a lot <laughs> of plays with his feet. He could be that guy. Now he's not the coach, but he's a guy who I'm sure he sticks his nose in there. You know he does. Uh, he's
4: he's very involved, and he might be very involved with the Kirk Cousins stuff. They're going to – Cousins as a free agent is like a unicorn. I've said it. He's the first healthy, like good quarterback under the age of 30 to be a true free agent in years, and – I from good information, he's not going to sign the first minute of free agency. Like he's going to go meet with these teams, which is rare, and he's going to sit down with Elway at some point. And it's going to be real interesting to see how anyone can turn away from John Elway. He's a pretty convincing guy. Truly, truthfully,
1: yes, I agree. You and, like that? And, and Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like me? You like me? Uh, <laughs> no, but if if Kirk Cousins, if he. He is a guy who there is a ceiling to how good he can be. Now the Broncos have a great defense, so all you need your quarterback is to be Alex Smithian and you and you're fine. But the but my question is, where do you think Cousins goes and has the most success? Where do you really think he ends up?
4: I think when it's all said and done, he'll either be a Viking or a Jet. I think the Jets are a lot better chance at him than people understand. Like they have an offensive coordinator, a guy named Jeremy Bates who worships the ground that like the Shanahan tree. So it's yeah. Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan. Cousins and Kyle Shanahan are as tight and as thick as thieves since back his day in Washington. They run the same exact offense in New York. And I know what the jets are going to offer him. It's more money than any team possibly can. Cause they've been saving up for it. I honestly think the jets have a lot gr- better chance at Kirk cousins than people understand. And if you say, well, they can't be a winner right away. He's just going for the money grab. I don't know, but, man. The jets surprised got me last the defense year. They surprised With me. Defense, <laughs> And they are going to spend a lot of money on other players, and you know what? No one thought the Eagles were going to win last year. The, the NFL is so unique that the Vikings could be an eight and eight team next year and aren't suddenly Super Bowl contenders. That's just what the league is. But if Cousins played
1: on the Vikings, I'm like suddenly the Vikings look unbelievable, the, or the Jets. Yes, I'm saying the yeah. Vikings. If they go to the, if he goes to the Vikings, I'm like the Vikings look unbelievable. I mean, to me, you want to hear the interesting yeah. wrinkle yeah. here. This is yeah. why
4: I'm such a wonk and such a geek. If I you, love it. All right, so Kirk Cousins is a Holland, Michigan native. He's mm-hmm. a Michigan guy. He just built his dream house in his in Michigan, the state of Michigan, a place you guys hold yeah, very dear. Just for there, so he builds his dream house in the state of Michigan, and there is this crazy tax law that no one knows about that I was tipped off to, called reciprocal taxes. That if you own a home in the state of Michigan, the state of Minnesota does not charge you state tax; they only charge you the state of Michigan tax. <laughs> So he'll only be paying 4% on taxes if he plays in Minnesota. But if he goes to the Jets, he has to pay New Jersey taxes oh. where he's going to be working, which is about 10% of your income, oh, and God. also the, the the Michigan tax, which is 4.25%. So if you want to talk about the least sexy storyline in the history of the NFL, it is tax codes, but it definitely favors the Vikings because they've got that deal with the state of Michigan.
1: By the way, when the Cardinals lost out on Pujols and he went to – Anaheim, or he we went to the LA yep. Angels of, of, of Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Anaheim, and California. They. He was offered less money to be in St. Louis, but About we're two hundred and thirty like, million and he got two fifty from the Angels. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, that twenty million that you think is so much more than, you know, is when you were to compare the two. We lived in St. Louis grew up in St. Louis and we live in Southern California. That twenty million, that's gone. The cost it's gone. taxes,
4: co- it's gone. Taxes, cost of living, cost of all, living of-
1: all of it. Like you get so much less for your money out here that that is actually a great point. Like, how is your quality of life going to be? Yes, the Jets can offer him more than they can offer anybody for a lot of reasons. But what's your quality of life going to be? You could, like, own Minnesota. You could
4: buy – he could live in Paisley Park. Just literally buy out Prince
1: Yes, and become a white – he could become a white Prince.
4: yeah, have you ever met Kirk Cousins? He and Prince have very similar tendencies. Like oh. they both are very eccentric. They uh-huh. both love to just be up at all hours of the night playing music, all instruments. I mean, they're very similar guys. <laughs> they both wear Raspberry Berets. <laughs> and That's both true. of them
1: have had illicit the kind se- you find at a secondhand store. No, not, not, not,
4: not, I new, don't know. not a new
2: I one.
1: Second hand store. <laughs> and they both fucked Apollonia. All right, so um, <laughs> No, this is great. I, to me, this intel is like fascinating. Who? What, what do
2: you make? Of, what do you guys
4: make of Josh Rosen? Because this is something that's true. The, the Rosen to one, heart. as a Jew, uh, as a Jew, I
1: love him. The <laughs> Rosen one. Yeah, you want the? You want him to be like the most successful Jewish? See, athlete of I, all time. I can see Rosen playing on the Giants and being like the heir apparent. Give him a year in the system. Let Eli work it out. Get some reps here and there. I see he. To me, I see him going there or to Denver. Those are the two places I think he would be great.
4: I think he's the most fascinating quarterback prospect in recent years and not because of his arm strength or that. It's because of what's being said about him. It's so strangely – like in, it's like backhanded compliments. What they're saying about Josh Rosen is that he's too smart for his own good, which I don't even know what that means. The other thing is it's like anti anti Semitic on some Jew. level, Sounds, right? The other one is he he comes from too privileged a background. What? Uh, like his father's a his father's a spinal surgeon, yeah. and you know that that's a that's a bad look. You know, like that, no, they don't want that. Oh God,
1: this is. The, I mean, I'll tell you something. I saw, I saw him play against the Texas Texas A and M game this year. Oh my God, the comeback! The comeback, and I'm like, this dude. I don't care where he ends up. Regardless of who you're playing he, or what it matters, to, he's like, that guy, and he could feels like. Look, he didn't have a great college career, but neither did Jared Goff, and look where he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was yeah, the third thing? He's got, thing? A, better, got well, a better
4: arm than Goff, and and with Rosen, the third thing that always is so odd to me is they say, "All right, does he love football?" Well, it's such a weird thing. How do yeah. you quantify? Like Jake, I don't know if Jake Locker loved football. He quit after a couple of years. Like, does he does he love football? Well, I'll tell you, he if he's really the son of a top spinal surgeon and his mother's the Wharton family out of Pennsylvania, which is his mother's side. Oh my Does God. he need, does he really need to be playing college football and getting his ass kicked? Every no, he, he and loves love
1: it. Him? He, he could do anything else, but he loves doing this and he is
4: doing this and he's great at it. Like I got that- to meet him at the combine briefly. The two of us were put together. Cause I was just like, I got to meet him. I got to get my own impression of him. And what is fascinating is he was a top rated tennis player as a youth in the state of California. Mm-hmm. And he just upright and quit and said, I'm going to do football. And, I asked him, you know, obviously that's an interesting story. Why? And he was like, I didn't love the idea for three hours every weekend as being on my own, just being all isolated. I like the team environment. Whether that's a that's an answer that's canned and told from my, it's a great answer. It's I a love great, that. Answer. It's a great I answer. I was ready to go to war for that kid. Well,
1: and you think about it, you know, we've talked to Jim Harbaugh, and he, you know, with recruits and guys who play other sports. And we talked to an NFL, at the NFL Network, we talked to a guy who was sort of in charge of, you know, scouting talent, and they said, Kids who play, like, outfield, who played baseball, who played tennis. Make the best, like, D- D-backs because they can they can turn their back around and, and, then track fi- the ball. and track the ball, find it. They know how to do all that stuff because you learn how to turn your back to the ball in center field and then find it. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah I love it. Great other skills. But, I mean, again, Josh Rosen is, as well, getting to a spot. What I'm going to ask you about a guy who I think is, I don't know where he's going to end up. But I have watched him play this year, and I'm like, this guy has insane, natural raw talent, Lamar Jackson.
4: Oh, he's so fun to watch. He's so fun to watch. And it's interesting. So he's got a, a deal where he's not represented by an agent. So like, he already is just kind of like flying in the wind alone. I love the fact he's kind of a renegade. He's mm-hmm. basically said – you know, no matter what, rookies get the same amount of money in the NFL. Why would I hire an agent and give him 3%? I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. And, and I'm like, all right, right away. Off love that. It's love like representing
1: bat. yourself in divorce court. You're like, yeah, like we're all going to get do. screwed anyway. We might I as
4: well. Go. I so, Love that. Obviously, one of the more dynamic players in college football history, one of Heisman. He's yeah. someone crazy with the yards and touchdowns. We can go down the list. And here's the thing that's like backhanded about him. They say, "Well, he might be too athletic. You know, he might be better suited at wide receiver." Okay, that's fine, but he also might be a really, really scary good quarterback. And Mm -hmm. the comparisons are Michael Vick. Now, if someone told you you can have Michael Vick for the next ten years as your quarterback with all the stuff off the field ignored, yeah, I would take that. And if that's even. You know, like that's, that's the ceiling. Fine. I'm in, like,
1: I sign mean, me up. At a, at, a, at a team, like I would, I don't know why this, this team pops up to me. Maybe it's the same region or whatnot. Cincinnati. Like that's a team that hasn't had a very dynamic quarterback ever. And now you have, maybe, I, I don't know if they're even looking for that, but like, that's the type of team, someone who hasn't had that electrifying moment. Look, even what Deshaun Watson. I know he got hurt, but like what he was able to do.
4: Yeah, and what they said about Deshaun Watson was, we're not sure his game's going to translate to the NFL because he didn't run the same offense in college. And then he look goes what to the he pros. Did. Look what he and did. And he tore up the league. He tore up the league. So, Lamar Jackson probably where Cincinnati's drafting, which is like 12, I think, might be a little too early for him, just based on what I'm hearing. But you look at all the teams that have veteran quarterbacks that are kind of on their last legs that yep. still have a couple more years left. So, the Roethlisbergers, the Phillip Rivers, and the team that interest, intrigued me with Lamar Jackson – They have so much young, fun talent. Drew Brees can't play forever. Like if the Saints at 27 were to say, okay, let's take this guy and maybe groom him to be the next quarterback, that could be very exciting down there in the Superdome.
1: Yeah, because they have a defense that is young and will be good for a
4: long time that will outlast Drew Brees if they can sign everybody. Am I right? Absolutely. And, you know, they had the defensive rookie of the year in Marshawn Lattimore. And he's probably not even their best defensive player. So they're loaded for the future. But at quarterback, it's like Breeze, then who? He might be the right guy.
1: All right. So last question, then we'll take a break and then we'll do some quick hits. But uh, last question about the combine. Who was the or two questions? Uh, did you laugh when Roger Goodell ran the I know he's your boss, but did you laugh when he ran the 40? 40 down a hallway?
4: Sure. It was okay, fun. Great. It's all for a good cause,
1: guys. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. All right. So that you you said what we expected you to say, uh, <laughs> uh, and I know what you're thinking. But uh, how about uh, who was the one player that you were like, I didn't know about this guy, but he stepped up and had the absolute best combine and just completely out of nowhere, this is now a guy everybody's looking at.
4: Yes, there's a guy, Dylan Cantrell, which might be the best name in the draft. Dylan Cantrell, big six. Nine, 90210, right?
2: Dylan yeah, Cantrell. Yeah,
4: exactly. Six foot three wide receiver at a Texas Tech. He's kind of Pat Mahomes' guy when they were at Texas Tech together. This big, strong wide receiver, and he comes in there and he does all these athletic drills and blows it away. He jumped like forty inches. Mm-hmm. Big white guy that you wouldn't expect to be able to compete in the the forty and all. The, and he blew everyone away. So I don't wow. know where he fits in in the NFL, but like a very. Interesting prospect is like a unicorn guy that ran in a weird offense down there in Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes, was put up a lot of big numbers last year in college football, kind of was invited to the combine, and then blew everyone away with his workout drills. It could be Mike Mamula all over again, and I'm fine with that. I like those stories.
1: <laughs> Wait, so 6'3", how much does he weigh? 225. All right, so he's— then he, He's he big. He jumped of, forty inches. Yeah, a crazy. Guy. I mean, if he puts on fifteen pounds, he's he's a tight, tight end. end. He's a fast tight end, and he's yes, and he's, he's
4: a very good tight end. Yeah, if he does so that, there you go. Wow. All, All right. right. Let's
1: take a quick break. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, quick hits with our buddy Peter Schrager from Good Morning. It's football. No, Play. it's wake up football. It's Good Morning football. All right, stay with us. Uh, this is Coconut Kiss, uh, the single. Awesome. Uh, Stay with us. We'll react with more of you from the cheap seats and Peter Schrager after this.
3: Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800-plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per-line pricing with 5-plus lines on Biz Unlimited start. Device payment. smartphone purchase. Auto-pay and paper-free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employee's future. Learn more at wgu.edu slash partnerships. That's wgu.edu slash partnerships.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We have Peter Schrager. He's a great follow on Twitter. What is your uh, Twitter handle so people can follow you immediately?
4: At P Schrags, P-S-C-H-R-A-G-S. All right. Now no a, Instagram. Not,
1: not on, on Instagram. Instagram. He doesn't want people Didn't, to know about not his yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I right feel like it's a visual thing. and you. Okay, so I'm going to say this because it is a visual thing, and I'm going to encourage you to get on Instagram only because of this. All right? That feeling, and you understand what it's like to be down on the sidelines for an NFL game. We didn't understand it until we did this piece for the Bengals where we were— the first two male cheerleaders in the Ben Gals. <laughs> we're the Ben guys. <laughs> we're the Ben guys. Uh, the ben Gays. At least we were the Ben. Well, we could have been the Ben Gays. Uh but we <laughs> stood on the sideline when the players the came out. The energy in an NFL stadium, especially when in Cincinnati at the time was like in first place and playing Seattle, so it was an electric game. It felt like a playoff game. That is the most excitement that I've ever seen on the field or floor of any sporting event ever is that is that
4: compete it's insane guys i'm i i travel i'm gone from my family from thursday to sunday every weekend and i'm like everyone says well why do you do it like i can't explain the amount of energy and just how cool it is to be on the field for an nfl game and these guys are incredible the juice is insane so yeah you're right and i know on instagram i could share that but i'll tell you what happens It's not like uh, I just have this anxiety about like the Twitter stuff with the followers and to to start from scratch and be like, can you follow me? I can't. I can't do it anymore.
1: I would follow you. Dude, we'll follow you. I just think it's a visual <laughs> thing, and you get to go in places that people don't get to go, and so it would be fascinating for people to see that. That's my that's my pitch to you, and uh, where when have we ever steered you wrong in the past? You
4: haven't, and I'll tell you, everyone tells me that it's a no-brainer. I should be doing Instagram, and yet like the, the curmudgeon in me is like, I already do the Twitter. I'm good. You know, <laughs> well,
1: you line. don't have <laughs> to do Snapchat, but just consider the other. All right, sure. let's get into some quick hits, shall we? Yes. All right, yes. when receiving an award for uh, from the Jackie Robinson Center, I believe is what it's called, you may want to... Tamp down your criticism of black NFL players kneeling in silent protest. You know what we're talking about?
4: You know yeah, what we're talking read, about? This, Michi- this is Michigan's own, guys. Steven,
1: I know. This is why it hurts. This is why it hurts. And I know you're in a difficult position with this, but the day after reigniting the topic of NFL players in the uh, National the Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross, who basically it's the Stephen Ross Business School of Michigan at the University of Michigan, has clarified his comments. On, he he walked back the comments, but basically they said in 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 short that they wouldn't take anybody who protested or would protest in the future. I mean, do you, first of all, do you see this going away, the anthem protests or no?
4: No, no. And I actually, it's a, it's it. I got. I wish I was there for the actual comments, and I'm not saying he was misquoted or anything. But like Stephen Ross is the owner at the front of all this I, I'm telling you he empowers Kenny Stills and Michael Thomas down there who are two of the biggest civil rights leaders amongst the players and, and encourages conversation so that quote seemed wrong when I saw it and then he came back and walked it back so I would almost wish he had more time to give some context to it but you know how it is now a headline's a headline a
1: headline's a headline I that's guess it. but you so you but I feel like he is a savvy dude Stephen Ross yeah. He's not Jerry Jones, who who also is a savvy guy in another way. But Jerry Jones will just say something, and it just he's like, i oh, oh, whatever, I'll clean it, I'll clean it up later, I'll clean it <laughs> up later. But with Jamie, we'll get on a pontoon but we'll clean it up later. But <laughs> you know, he he's not he's not that I feel like Stephen Ross is a thoughtful. So you have to know that the things that you're saying, you're putting out there a thought. It's gonna, it may be misconstrued. So you have to, yeah. you got to work through it. Before I guess,
4: yeah, it. and it's funny because I'm like I read it in the New York Daily News for a non-sports writer was the yeah. byline I'm like this doesn't seem congruent with what I know of, of Stephen Ross.
1: Ross. To be, you've sat down with him, you've spoken to him,
4: yeah, he, and he's like a really forward-thinking, smart, kind individual. I don't know the the comments were. He said, "I
1: regret fun that fun. my comments have been misconstrued. I'm passionate about the cause of social justice and feel that kneeling is an ineffective tactic." Well. I mean what I would say to that is it's not your choice. You know what I mean? Yes, you run the business and yes, these are your employees. But is it ineffective? I mean, let's let's talk about. It. Let's unwrap that right now. It kind of isn't because people are talking about it. Now, if it makes it's ineffective in that it makes you lose a little money from people not, you know, whatever, not wanting to come to the games or wanting to protest players rights to do
4: that because they're racist assholes. All right. I can't yeah, I can't speak to the to the T V ratings and all that stuff because I'm not sure if that's just a like the Oscars are down all time numbers. Right. The Grammys yeah. are down all time numbers. Down. Everything is down because Football they're all down, there. but is it because of people kneeling for the anthem? I don't know. I will say this. Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, Yep. a lot of these Philadelphia Eagles players were the most outspoken and most forward thinking and most progressive players verbally in the league. And they just won a Super Bowl with all of that quote-unquote distraction in their locker room. So, I don't know. I think uh, I think the more conversation and the more opportunity for these guys to use their platform to exp- experience and share their thoughts, the better. But I guess I'm just... I just agree. No, no. Where you we, it, I guess politically, I don't you know. You
1: agree with... But, but it's, to me, a function even deeper of what our president has done, which is which essentially is to make people question what is true and what isn't. Because the people who are mad at the kneeling are simply saying these guys are, are anti-military. Anti-military, disrespecting the troops and disrespecting the flag. The truth is, if you go to the heart of the story, Colin Kaepernick asked the Navy SEAL, what's my best way and most respectful way to protest police brutality and the mistreatment of African Americans in this country through racist acts within the police force? Not all police, not the flag, not the troops, not anyone, and that's what he came up with. But now... People who don't want to hear the truth are saying this is the real reason why they're doing it. It's shut up and dribble, essentially.
4: It is. And and that's I think thirty seven of the top forty broadcasts on television last year were football games. And all those people who protested the NFL this year or claimed they were protesting the NFL. I bet you every single one of them was watching the Philly special and watched that Super Bowl. So I I, I called a bluff on some of it. Like this Yeah. A lot on Twitter and and it's it's a, it's a shame too, because I feel like those guys are trying their best to, to make a point and change for the good, and you know it's just unfortunate. There's such, such a, a division in the country. Well, let me ask
1: you this: Does Colin Kaepernick? I know he brought a suit against the league. That's never a good thing. But does he does he get does he get a chance to play again? In the NFL, or is his? I hope he gets
4: the opportunity, but I, what kind of? I don't know. It's one of those deals. Where, where it's he like, What kind of? What kind of shape is he in? Does he want to do it? Is, is you know the workouts? All that. I know he's. I mean, again, he's having a lawsuit against the NFL right now, so pending litigation. I'm not sure that. We'll see how it plays out, man. I don't know. I know I it's crazy. It.
1: All right. Uh, most people, for most people who feel like NASCAR is just a series of left turns, uh, they. I would say NASCAR having to contend with people saying it's not a real sport and this and that. Now, we've been in NASCARs before and Ritten, and they, that is a powerful and difficult, and, you know, it's a lot of concentration. To me, it's like the same amount of concentration over a longer, sustained period of time that you do if you're concentrating over a golf shot. It's very technical. It's very difficult. It's and physically demanding. Physically demanding as well. But what it doesn't need is this story. Former NASCAR driver Rick Crawford attempted to pay for sex with a 12-year-old girl.
4: My daughter's 12 by the way. Yeah. Pete, you have kids? I do. I have a son, but yeah. yeah. No, I well, I don't know what the response to this story is. I've got nothing for you. It's you got disgusting.
1: nothing. I mean it is, but I'm saying like Pete Traeger you do not have a son, do you?
4: I do. How old's your kid? I have a son 16 months old. Guys, you love his first name. We named him Mel, M.E.L. in the spirit of the great Mel Brooks. There
1: you go. Oh, wow. That is was was a Mel Sharples from uh Alice. All right, anyway. But yes, that's beautiful. Mel after Mel Brooks. I love it. Uh, so, <laughs> so this guy, not a good look for NASCAR. Well, basically, he got ensnared. Essentially, he thought he was talking to the twelve-year-old kid, but it was really a cop posing as as such. Which well, why don't don't take the don't, sweet tea? Why don't cops pose more as the you know like it should just all be cops? Posing the, and just bust everybody. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right? Is that it? Twenty-one Jump Street. Uh, Crawford fifty-nine. Twelve Jump Street. A full-time, a full-time, twelve Jump Street. A full-time driver in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So they're driving camper vans. I don't like that because there are beds in the camper vans. I don't like the idea of a van. A guy who drives, drives a van, van for a living got busted it. with trying to have sex with a minor. Mm-hmm. You, you tell like me if this, that wasn't. I don't written. like
4: this story one bit. I don't
1: like this story at all. Arrested in, <laughs> arrested in Florida. That's the other thing. Oh well, that makes sense. Say NASCAR, clean it up. Clean, clean it up. Get that it dude up. out of there.
4: Clean it up. Bl- blame it. the net. Blame NASCAR, not the guy. Blame the blame the organization.
1: Hey, well, listen, clean it up. Clean <laughs> it up. If we're going to blame the organization for Colin Kaepernick, then we're going to blame the organization for for this. I, you guy. can't compare those two things. Oh yeah, that's right. I can't compare those two. Uh, all right. Remember the old bullpen car. I don't know if you're too young to remember this. but No, I remember that. Yeah,
4: I remember Burt living coming out of that thing. Right, so it was in, like, the
1: shape of a hat. It was a golf cart that had a giant hat on it that drove you from— This was, like, back when athletes, professional athletes, smoked, looked like fat guys, ate a lot. There was, like, no off-season training. Like, if you were the one guy that worked out with weights— I remember it was like Mark Gast. people were like, what is Mark Gastineau doing?
4: <laughs> Greg Jeffries would swing a bat in a pool.
1: Yeah, They'd I remember like, that. This
4: guy's amazing.
1: Well, this guy's he's crazy. And spending way <laughs> too much time. He should be smoking. And Kevin Mitchell, meanwhile, looked like he just ate 29 hamburgers. Kevin Mitchell looked like he just ate Greg Jeffries. Um, yes. So the old bullpen cart, gone in 94. It's it's about to make when a comeback. When we graduated from college. It's about to make a comeback. The Diamondbacks, the D-backs. Which- yes. Which to me sounds when you always call them the D bags, I feel like you're sounding them like a bunch of D bags. D bags. The Arizona Diamondbacks are bringing back the old an old baseball tradition in 2018, and it will allow them to generate some revenue in addition to making fans feel nostalgic. On Tuesday, the Diamondbacks will sponsored by Uber. <laughs> they'll be <laughs> Lyft. They'll be using a golf cart outfield uh, with a giant baseball cap to bring in relief pitches from the bullpen. I mean. Look, after Major League, when Wild Thing would come in, like I and John Rocker all roided up and would and run in, would run, way. make an anti-gay run straight to the mound, <laughs> like that. That to me, there is excitement. Come Mario, Ro- enter Sandman. Yeah, I mean, t- Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells. Okay, enter Sandman does not have the same gravitas when you get out of the bullpen and sit down in a golf cart and get driven like you're
4: someone's kid. Yeah, you're right. I feel like the the Benny Hill music should be on when that car comes out. Right. Yep. Someone said an
1: ancillary benefit might be that it could speed up the game. Is Is that really where we're gonna speed up the game? Is that is that really where we're gonna speed up the game? Yeah, the long stroll from the bullpen. By the way, here's the ball, the where we four hours. Here's where we should speed up the game. How about no warm-up pitches no warm-up when pitches. he hit the mound? Let him walk straight to the mound start me. You
4: just threw 100 fucking pitches in the bullpen. Why
1: <laughs> would well, you th-
4: catcher not coming out every 2 pitches to go talk to the pitcher?
1: Why would you then have to then throw eight warm-up pitches from the mound out there? You don't need it. So the bullpen car is coming back, which what if this becomes a thing? What if, like, we go back to athletes just being lazy smoking, man? Oh. Uh,
4: smoking no, mean, in the, the dugout. I grew, up, I grew up, and my guys were like Steve Balboni, right? Uh, like, Kent, Kent Herbeck. Like Balboni. Those guys. Balboni. Those guys would not be in the league right
1: now. No, they would never be in the league right now. Steve Balboni was a bald-headed dude. who said his with forearms the size of small babies. And he would just, you know. You'd, you'd smash. Smash. he would get, like, 29 home runs and have, like, 400 strikeouts in a season. Yes, he hit
4: 212.
1: 212 with 39 home runs and like 80 RBIs. And he was a valuable guy to the Kansas City uh, Royals. Absolutely. Well, dude, thank you. Oh, I loved it. P. Schrag again on Um, Twitter. Um, Follow him. Watch uh, Good Morning Football.
4: Good Morning Football. Good Morning Football. It's It's like Good Morning morning. America. It's on
1: every morning. And you're on it like you're on it this morning. You're on it tomorrow morning. People can listen to it and and see it. Watch it and watch. It's you. good. It is it's really, really good. good. It's really good. You know why? Because I'm so glad the NFL Network made this choice. Just like the MLB Network. They're like, "We want to get guys and people on the show who love football, who get it and who who
4: you want to hear back and forth." Yeah, forward. the truth but of it is, I don't
1: watch ESPN for coverage of football. I watch the NFL Network. I watch an MLB.
4: Interesting dynamic on our show. So we only have one ex-player on the show in Burleson, and he almost carries himself as a non-ex-player because he's interested in so many other things. The feedback we got the first season was, who are these two D- D-bags, if that's what you want to call yeah, it? Yeah, D-bags. I, I, um, why am I watching them as opposed to... a uh, ex-player in an in a ill-fitting suit like and now that's all gone like we don't even hear that anymore and i think if you just if these networks just took a shot and said hey maybe for once one of those chairs goes to someone who didn't play the game and it's someone else you know what it,
1: but they're not but they're not and you're doing it and you're doing it and that's why it's working that's why it's better peace shrags we're gonna t- we may bring you back and talk to you after the draft or even as the football season starts up again uh thank you so much for coming on and much continued success brother I love you guys. Thank you for having me, man. All right. Love this you too, brother. This is, this is Gomez, and uh, this, this Gomez has a new album. It's called Get Myself Arrested. So remember Gomez, Jay? remember All right, we'll be back right after this with Ozzy Guillen. Stay with us. you from the cheap seats.
3: I do the same time as anyone. Don't try
1: Welcome back to Cheat Seats. Love talking to Peter Schrager. So proud of his success. And you guys should definitely watch him on that show. It's fantastic if you are a football junkie and you want a little bit more in the mornings. You got it right there. Uh, follow he and him Kyle Brand and Nate Burleson and Good Kate energy. Adams. There's great energy on the show. And if you love football like we do, you can. And will finding like out the that show. they hang out after the show totally makes sense because I'm like, that's good chemistry there. Yeah, I like I get it. Get weird and do a spin class. That is great insider information on an insider information Before show. Before we close, by the way, and get to our final guest on the show, I want to mention uh, Randy and I have an audiobook coming out that you can pre order right now. It is an audio documentary on audible.com. If you order right now on the pre order, you get. The comedy album for free with yeah, it. It's great. Um, it's it's really special. It's something we're so proud of. We're we list- talked about it when it's called it's it's called Stripes. And uh, whenever we go into a town to do stand up, we usually try and write material about the town that we're in, and what we're experiencing. We did it. Ten cities, ten chapters. Each city is a chapter. About thirty-five to about thirty to forty minutes is is each chapter. And uh, then we're going to pull six minutes of stand-up from each of those chapters. There's a lot of great sports album. jokes in the, in the, throughout this. Wherever we go, we touched on that, which, by the way, is a third rail a lot of times when you step into a town oh and make God. fun of their sporting team. Yeah. But this is, did I say sporting teams? Sporting teams. You know, sporting teams. Yeah. Uh, look, this is your chance to support something that we did, uh, and we are so proud of. And we I think if you like this show and you like our comedy, you will love this project. If you go to audible.com and look up Sklar or Sklars and Stripes. You'll be able to, you can pre-order it and. Get the comedy album the for stream free? for free as, like, the extra chapter, which would be great. And it comes out on April 5th. All right. Before we get, let's get to our, that was before we did. Now let's get to our final guest. Yes. Uh, Azagian, he uh, left us a voicemail uh, about what he's been doing recently. Obviously, we think about him every time pitchers, baseball season starts up again. He I'm doesn't like, have a job. Why hasn't anyone snatched why him back up Why doesn't he have again? a job? Maybe, right, it's well, we're get a, maybe it's his attitude. Maybe it's his state of mind. Well, let's listen to this.
2: Hey, hey bro, I, I, I told you about this. Hey. He's spring training. Hey, where is Ozzy? What else he doing? Well, he had a spring training. He in Miami Marlins. Yeah, no. He's going to go to Chicago White Sox. Training camp. No. I'm not working for nobody right now. But I tell you what, I was hanging out and watching this Oscar party. Yeah, all my friends, I have a lot of gay friends, and they're very snarky. Snarky gay friends. And I'm watching this thing, and I say, hey, 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 shape of water. The shape of water going to win. ha, <laughs> ha, I know what is the shape of water. And it is a tough shape because it's water. Uh, that's difficult to find. What is it? It's slipped through your hand, like my k- career. Slipped through my hand. What happened to it? Evaporate. It evaporate like water. Shape of Aussie. What is the shape of Aussie? It is not good. <laughs> the Oscar was depressing for me because I, I'm now in spring training. I don't have a job. <laughs> I'm just unemployed. You know. And I'm looking for an inclusion rider, like Frankie McDormand say, hey, hey, uh, I also need an inclusion rider, okay? I need an inclusion rider, okay? So give it to me. Talk to who you can talk to, okay? Uh, this is your friend. I love you guys. I love you so much, okay? everybody, help me out.
1: All right, well that explains I it. I worry about him. That explains I it. I worry about the man, Jay. So I what? worry about the man. He should not be sitting there watching the Oscars. I mean, the Oscars is maybe like a trigger for him. Mama, you should not be able not be watching. to quote Mark Jackson. Mama, there go that man. There go that man. And he's back. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, follow us. Tell some friends. Uh, go ahead and rate and review it on iTunes. It helps the show. Yeah. Let people know this is a great weekly sport to get your weekly sports here. We're going to go deep. Let people know that we say it's great. We say our own stuff. We is say <laughs> <laughs> we're not afraid to Baker Mayfield this shit and say we're you pass up on this, you're passing up on something. Uh, this is the new song from uh, Father John Misty called yeah, Mr. Tillman. Don't know when the album's going to drop, but I loved his last one. Enjoy it. We have the school Brothers. We'll see you next week. Punch waterfall. You left your
3: passport in the mini the message with